Okay, with Jay Aldrich Gadet and Evan Korn, uh, the filmmaking team of Pit and Pendulum, based on the Edgar Allan Poe uh, horror film. I've seen, uh, actually, we've shown a few versions of this this adaptation at our festival. Yours is probably the best. I'm not just saying that, and it's the, definitely the longest and the most uh, high production value. So wow. one would assume this took a long time to uh, to come to fruition. <laughs> you gotta. You can assume that very correctly. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, it it had a couple of many false starts in its last, <clears throat> excuse me, in its past history. Um, but uh, um, we were approaching um, about five years ago. We were approaching uh, takeoff, and then COVID hit while we were in the middle of the edit of it, and um, so it. Um, it took this long to get it out to this point. Okay. Yeah, but you had it on in screenplay form. Uh, oh. uh, the, the idea has been in germination for a couple of decades, right? Yeah. Uh, the the uh, false starts I was talking about has been uh, decades ago. The production, yeah. 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 Um, what we, uh, yeah. It... So on on IMD, uh, sorry, on, on, on Film Freeway, it says that you're 122 years old and you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I didn't want to deal with the age issue or yeah. anything like that, so I just <laughs> picked the lo- the the least the uh, lowest uh, number. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, but you are, but you're, it's a Canadian film. You are. You guys are based in Hamilton, correct? Correct. That's right. I love Hamilton. I, I I've done oh, nice. many productions down there, and I had, oh, yeah. I had a blast in downtown Hamilton for many times. So. It's it, it's a great uh, location uh, because you can go. Uh, you know, across the street and get a, a completely different look. It's really yeah. booming, yeah. So, to, so tell me about. Okay, so tell me about the script process. You said you've been doing it for the last couple of decades. Did you always like what attracted you to Edgar Allan Poe's? Uh, what this particular story? Uh, I wanted to take a shot at um, telling a story with very minimal um, uh, visuals um, to make the story uh, work. I wanted to emphasize and push the cinema, cinematic techniques of filmmaking mm-hmm. in order to um, basically illustrate the original classic. The all every interpretation of Poe or any any author has is always some kind of um, um, strange mix of uh, new ideas and um, somebody wanted to. Um, um, uh, use the one little thing that became uh, powerful in a story. Uh, and this none of the story takes the same uh, direction as uh, the original author. Pose is perfect because the narrator is telling us this story and I wanted to show the experience of the story, but I didn't want to interfere with Poe's words. Yeah. So that was and you mentioned experience of the story i think that's that's what one of the main things that, is, that brought me onto this project that really uh jumped out for me is that like so in terms of the black box theater translation to black box cinema that you're actually there with the the actor the prisoner you know in in that setting uh and not just observing it from the outside so there <laughs> there's been let's just say a few, more than a few versions of uh of this of this uh the story made in Turtum film. I think the first one was 1913, and there's been one every single decade. <laughs> Have you watched those films? Or I, I I needed to watch them to see what kind of camera angles okay. they were using. 
to tell the story so that I could um, use the camera angles without any information in the in the thing in the, in the shot beyond the prisoner themselves and, and maybe the dais they're laying on. Um, but I had to get a technique to, because we didn't, you know, we didn't have a blade uh, swinging over her head yeah. dangerously. So we, uh, we uh, it was a matter of taking all of the shots at the angles that I referenced from those films. So you just went through, you, you did like a whole kind of film festival yourself of all the, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I saw some animated ones, some yeah, there's terrible, a few. Yeah. um, um, stick, uh, um, plasticine versions. Oh yeah. And, um, and then, then Vincent's prices version, which is of course only about 10 minutes of the whole, of the whole movie. That is the, the pendulum and the, the, uh, the very interesting work some fellows had done uh with machine to reproduce the uh, thing so i was able to watch them watch the blade come down and just the expressions on their faces and things like that i used everything i could to reproduce that emotional terror without uh having anything of substance in the shot and but the the research angle too uh, is is significant because I mean you've done that for a number of your projects you've mm. gotten really deep into the research and spent a number of years before it even gets to the the words on the page. Did you guys ever get to see the 1913 uh, version? Uh, Alice Guy directed it. Uh, that's uh, I, I know that the that it's out there, but uh, I'm not sure if that's one of the ones I saw because as you said there was a flurry. I was watching yeah. all of them I could yeah. anything that was referenced that I could find. So um, it's possible I did, but I don't remember it well enough. What was which was it a live version? No, it's the it's like the it's a, it's nineteen thirteen silent film. So basically, it's like yeah. a short film. It's like ten minutes long. But Alice Guy was like a, one of the pioneer female directors. Mm-hmm. That, back when they used to that let females direct films, and then there was like mm-hmm. a, a hundred year block where they didn't, and then yeah, now they do, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Yep, yep. It's a, it's an interesting film because it's like the first adaptation where like it's like a silent film, but it's very female centric. There's like an underlying feministic uh, viewpoint in the mm-hmm. film that that if you watch it today, kind of kind of comes across even more profoundly. But yeah. Well, I think too that's interesting too because like you said, 1913, and then we've done it just now in 2022. Uh, like it, it, the the idea and the kind of core concept of of Poe's works and and Pit and Pendulum is is fairly timeless, right? It's just a it's just hundred percent, right? You know, yeah. It's actually one of those films that that will always stand the test of time. There's no mm-hmm. like, there, there's no cancel culture that's going to take it down, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a perfect story. I, I, mm-hmm. I guess it's why you would, why you're attracted to it so much. Yeah, it, it attracted to it for a number of reasons, and it also it was accomplishable on on a very minimal budget and <laughs> yeah. a very minimal crew. And so we, were, Joe and I, were able to do so much of that because of the kind of screenplay yeah, concept the, and everything we put together. Yeah. The number of hats we wore was simply because of the the, the nature of the beast was uh, it, it didn't require all of the hats you usually get. Yeah, yeah it's one look, basically one location, two actors, and uh, one key actor, obviously, but then, so tell me, okay, so when you, when do you, do you remember the day or the moment where, okay, I'm, I'm making this, I'm ready for production, I'm ready to turn, turn this into a film. I, well, I do for, <laughs> I do for mine, because you've had it in, in your hat and on screenplay for a long time, but I remember for mine, you brought it, uh, Joe and I have worked together for about a decade now on, on various projects, and and so uh, he mentioned this idea to me before I'd read the screenplay or anything, and he, he brought it to the table and said, you know, I think we can do this with basically just us, and you know, just the, and just some pocket change. Uh, and I, we read through it and we worked on it for a number of months and kind of uh, storyboarding stuff. And it's like, you know what? Yes, this actually is doable. It's going to be a ton of work. 
and it's going to be interesting and we're going to grow and learn a whole lot, but I think we can get it to the finish line. And, you know, there, here we are years later now down the road. So then, okay. So then, and so um, the terms of the production, did you, where did you guys shoot? Like in the studio? Like what was the, what was the, the setup? We borrowed uh, places. We borrowed, uh, we actually had a um, uh, um, uh, pickup day after, um so we ended up in two different locations um we borrowed the places and then we blacked them out yep curtains and, and curtains <laughs> and black flats and and uh, painted the floor. anywhere yeah. right yeah, yeah exactly the way, the way you guys and shot it yeah it was in the middle of <clears throat> a very hot summer and by blacking out everything <laughs> we blocked all airflow it got very hot in there yeah <laughs> that was just over the course of a few days but Part of the torture we put our prisoner through. Yeah, and uh, and and the the locations actually ended up, ended up being a, a bit of a challenge simply because uh, you know you can black out anywhere that works just fine, but then having enough space to actually do the shooting and actually do the acting was quite ended up being one of the hurdles. You know, mm -hmm. we, we got it done, but that ended up being a, a bit of an uphill battle. So, where did you find your uh, prisoner? Her name's Pamela Gardner, correct? Yep. Yeah, Pamela, I saw um, in a local um, a theater production, um, and I just like the way her body moved. She is an aerial aerialist, I believe it's called. Uh, yeah, she does amazing stuff hanging from the ceiling, yeah. the silks, and, and oh yeah, and so it was the physicality. Yeah, yeah so uh, that attracted me to her. So we talked to her, um, and she was uh, amenable, mm -hmm. and yep. uh, so we set it up. Yeah. So she, uh, she, she, but she doesn't have much uh, film experience. She's more a theater actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah variety of creative things: theater, musician, um, you know, busker extraordinaire. But the the, <laughs> the silks and hanging from the ceilings—that's probably the main one. Yeah. Mm. So this is a tough role because, in a sense, it's like, well, she's the film a lot, mm -hmm. but she's really not reacting to anything. I guess you know what I mean. There's no other actor generally in most of the scenes that she's she has to work with. So how did that's that? Right. How did that? How did you kind of collaborate with her in terms of getting her performance down? Well, and, and even the pendulum wasn't there, so that was yeah. imagining. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it uh, it was miming was the main word you used. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the, what we were showing was miming. But uh, I just took the the cue from the old silent films, in which I just talked her through it. I would bring the camera in and say, now do this and do that. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. uh, Fellini when said, just do what I say, <laughs> because it's what you want to see on camera. And yeah. that's, that's most important. So um, uh, yeah, I just moved her through the paces. She was, she was great. She was wonderful. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there was nothing she could act with, so I just told her what to do. And we did some we did some walkthroughs and some rehearsals ahead of actual principal photography as well. And so one of the big ones too is that just, you know just what's the feeling of like walking around and in, in a dark basement that has no lights on mm -hmm. and it's not even your place, so you don't even know what the where the walls are and that kind of yeah. stuff. And so it was yeah, just really trying to disconnect your physical reality from what you're you're feeling in your head. And obviously the film has to show some of that visually because mm -hmm. you can't see nothing on screen, right? So you said so, it was hot in there. Was that like did you guys manipulate the sweat with the camera with makeup person or was that like i'm just curious because it's pretty effective the way you guys had the light and shadows and she's just sweating like profusely oh yeah those were for those were for those particular moments in which yeah. the heat was starting to increase in the set itself in the show in the story itself mm -hmm. um no we had to keep her unsweaty from yeah. for a lot of it there, there was yeah. only a couple of shots where it's actually fake yeah where we zoomed yeah. in really close and it's like glycerin or something like that with yeah. make, with our, our makeup person that was on set yeah 
So tell me about the your like kind of obviously cinematic design, lighting design. Did you guys like storyboard things before uh, first, or do you guys kind of reference yeah. that? Yeah, well, that was the only way we were going to be able to pull this off in the uh, economic budget we were working with. And the time frame too it was, it yeah. was quick. We had to do it fast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in order to make sure that we knew what we were going to do when we got to set, we um, storyboarded it right down to the wire. I had written the screenplay in such a way that it was also, you know, it was effectively between the words, between Poe's words, there was this basic, basic action that was going on at those particular moments in time, yeah. which we changed and turned, put onto a storyboard. I've still got the storyboard somewhere. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. We had, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That, that was the first step of the storyboarding. And yeah, we didn't do the, the, the typical kind of like coverage medium wide. Like it was very strict in terms of what your angles you wanted to see. And that we, we had to see reproducing yeah. those angles. Yeah. yeah. So in the blog, blog interview, I, I thought this was an interesting answer. You said, we asked you, what is the biggest obstacle you face? And you said, walking the tightrope between showing too much and showing too little. <laughs> constant battle the I mean, entire time from day one yeah, to yeah. absolutely yeah and we actually i would even say we went it was it was like a pendulum we went yeah, back and back forth forward, on yeah. that you know like we would do, guess, we, right? exactly yeah we would do scenes it's like okay now that's that's interesting it's interesting to look at but then it doesn't apply to our concept anymore right so yeah, yeah we, we had to really figure out you can, you can have because you have a lot of fun with it but it's not serving the story i guess right and that's right and that's right we could i mean we were we were uh, we had vast looks for the walls and everything and then suddenly realized wait a minute we don't want to see very much of the walls. We want to hint. Yeah. And when they're burning, you know, and logically when they're burning, they should be clearer. And what we needed to do was get them out of there in a sense. We wanted to be in the audience's imagination first and foremost. It had all we, could, all we yeah. could do was just give a little hint. And that was it. We couldn't go any further than that. Because and, and a number of times we did go further than that in post-production, but then it became a visual effects show. And that's not what we were going for at yeah. all, right? So there's some interesting shots in your film. Uh, let's, I just want to, one specifically, I think it's like 15 minutes in where she's lying on the ground, she's lying on the kind of wooden surface. And you mm -hmm. kind of push in and you kind of do like a 360 around her, I guess, right? Yep. Would, would, did you guys, did you guys always have it on a steady cam or handheld? Like how, how did you, first of all, talk I, about that shot. Like how did you pull that shot off? And then like- No, so, no, I think you're right. I, you, I you think it was, I think it was handheld the whole time. I think it was shoulder mounted most of the time. Oh, I think we okay. used a variety of things. I, I think there's only a couple of shots in it where it was either on tripod or sliders and that kind of stuff. Um, and part we didn't of- have sliders. No, we did, I specifically remember one shot we did actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the, the, um, the, but actually that was half and half. It was half that we, it, it worked for us aesthetically and half that it was the the location we were in and the time crunch that we were under. We needed to be as mobile as possible, right? Um, so the shot that you're referencing specifically, Joe had storyboarded that and that yeah, was that was in there and we needed around. to go we needed to go around the whole thing. And so we just did a few rehearsals, did a few runs and then that, you know, it ended yeah. up working. She, she flies down, hand. the actress flies down a lot, right? So was there any worry <laughs> that she's going to fall asleep? <laughs> uh that was a very uncomfortable i loved making the dice actually that was a lot yeah. of fun it was not comfortable you're not gonna fall asleep on that thing yeah <laughs> so then in terms of the the voiceover because you said that you guys were shooting like um off like with no sound no sound person so you guys yeah. did everything your whole sound design all your voiceover everything in post-production after the yeah. fact, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we we auditioned and uh, and found our our voice actor uh, Christy Bolton um, 
you know, a matter of months after we had finished principal photography and that was phenomenal. I loved mm -hmm. that experience. And then her coming on board and not us not having just a rough narration track anymore, but having an actual narration track is like, okay, this, this is like, this is a big step forward. Yeah. The first rough one was me. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it was pretty bad. So what did, I'm curious what, cause there's some really interesting moments of Pamela, of your actor kind of laughing hysterically, like being like, what did she think of the film when she first watched it? We're actually going to have them over in just a couple of days. Oh, she hasn't seen it yeah. yet. Yeah, so uh, we've, kept okay. them up, we've kept them up to date on the process, uh, but uh, because of COVID, things got so separated for a while. You know, yeah. Joe and I, there was, there was months-long stretches where Joe and I couldn't meet and do things together, right? And so that put a huge hurdle. But then we, we just got it done. We're submitting to festivals, and now we're going to have more. Gotcha. Yeah, they, oh. they didn't get a chance to see it at the local festival because of our placement uh, on the, the day. But we're um, um, going to show it to them um, next week. Yep. Yeah, just uh, Monday. And then we'll have a, we're hoping to do more with it and work more with them as well. It has been a great experience. What did you guys think about the audience? We sent the audience to you in the audience feedback video. What did you think about that? I loved it. That was, yeah. that was incredible. Um, yeah. You know, when you live with a project for as long as we were doing it and for as painful as all the editing was, I mean, <laughs> we were making things out of nothing. So it was it was, in a sense, painful, but exhilarating as well. Um, but with all of that. Um, Sorry, I lost train of thought. I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I would say, I would say, uh, you're you're correct. And then it, it was the experience of of the audience feedback was kind of surreal, actually. Yeah. Uh, because we'd been working on it for such a long time that we were we had lost sight of what it was like to be an audience member in yeah, that, you know. Sure. And so to, to yeah, when 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 Joe sent me that link and we saw it and we watched it as soon as that came up, I was like, man, they're talking about a different film. <laughs> Is this even ours? Like, what? They got it. Yeah. That was the magic thing. Everything that I was trying to do with the film is expressed in all of those reviews it knocked me out because again with the length of time mm -hmm. uh, and the and the and the pain that's gone through it uh, was hard to imagine they were talking about our film that's fantastic yeah that was really cool the the film can play on a couple of levels meaning that that a certain generation or a certain culture maybe not not doesn't even know the story at all right mm -hmm. and then of course there's going to be people you know, English grads and like yep. or fans of horror will would know the story and they have their own kind of interpretation in their mind. Yep. And they're we're watching your film from that perspective as well. So there's two you have two different kinds of audience members, I guess, right? Yeah, and we had a question like that during the Q and A, the last showing as well, that was talking about uh, the classical inspiration, the kind of Greek feeling of mm -hmm. everything like that. And I like the fact that this has the ability to hit on multiple levels. I, I don't think that any piece of um, artistic content should be just like, you know, here's flat. This is what it this is. is. This is what you get. Yeah, and it's not a lecture. You no, know, yeah. I like it being open to interpretation and and, mm -hmm. and it being an experience for the, the audience member. Well, I, I want to know. What, I'm curious what your actress is going to think of the film because she's fantastic and. <laughs> And the way you said, the way you said you decided that they did the directing, you directed her and sort of like you're giving her these cues, these emotional cues, right? And then because you know that you're putting it all together to, to make the story. I'm just curious about like her context of it, of like doing all these kind of like really intense things on screen and then period. And now you put it into together to tell the story. So it's going to be yeah, interesting. She's to going, yeah, uh, she's going to be surprised, I'm sure. Especially with uh, someone who has limited film experience, mm -hmm. like her, right? So, yep. it's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. She's got to yep. she's got to get past her own vanity first, and then maybe watch the film. So, 
I, I think it was an interesting experience for her. And we definitely warned her too when we were getting uh, ready to do principal photography. Like, this is going to be tough. It's going to be a yeah. few days of like the, of, of real, you know, the, the the nasty kind of prisoner outfit and the sweat and the heat and and the mm -hmm. very physical for sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she she stepped up to the plate and did a great job. So, yeah, no issues there. Yeah, I like your I like your final shot too. Like the the light at the end, the the door at the end of the tunnel. It's kind of a cool little when the credits roll. It's kind of a cool kind of uh, thing. So Evan, just one point because there's a couple of things that that people that get unnoticed. You you said you were, you you shot the film right? You did the you're the camera operator. Yeah. There's some really hard focus pulling in this in this in this film with the shadows and the, her close ups. There's so many close ups and stuff like that. Did you have a hard time like? like finessing the, <laughs> certain shots when you were shooting no actually it's uh, not we didn't have a hard time sorry uh, so the, the interesting point about that question is that so uh, because of our limited budget and this is shot four and a half almost five years ago now okay. um one of our constraints and this is this was self-inflicted mm. uh was that we were we shot it on a autofocus gopro okay we're like we're like, you know what, we we could do the bigger rentals and that kind of stuff, um, but but this is like a it's an easy, completely manageable 4K option right now. Let's do that and make that part of what we can accomplish with this. It was um, yeah, it was a breakthrough moment when mm -hmm. we we knew we were accessible to 4K at a very decent price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we knew we could put the film on video because it was all black you know there were no backgrounds and that kind of stuff so in terms of focus pulling there was none uh it was just a lot of uh, shots some were really close some were really far however all that being said um uh, i am looking forward to our next project having um having, having proper lenses and, and, and yeah and all that kind of stuff i pulled focus in the editing yes okay yeah. gotcha gotcha yeah because it's I, and then then that's one key thing because it's obviously a lot of hard shots so thanks for mm -hmm. that interesting answer because it's like i'm sure people want to know, know that because it's like uh the way you did it, because it looks so, the, the production value is very high. Oh, great. Oh, thank you so much. That's, yes. that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. your sound. Amazing, amazing sound. sound is like obviously it's it's the key to your film, right? So, so I, the sound is a whole conversation by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just say like a uh, big one props to David Engel and uh, and his crew because um we wouldn't so you had have a whole, this guy the, so you, you hired you hired a whole crew to kind of do well, like David Eng like David Engel is your sound mixer right yeah we were we were we were networking we were looking around we were, we were trying to find the right uh, people we had some people that um that got the kind of concept but could, just didn't didn't work on a number of levels but when we found him and then he came back to us with some proper ideas um we wouldn't have found him if it wasn't for the pandemic which is like just kind of a nice coincidence right because that gave us the extra time to do the extra searching um, and then when we went to his studio and uh, saw the rough mix for the first time after they'd been working on it for a while, mm -hmm. like that changed the project completely. And I love that one of the the feedback uh, uh, audience members said that this could be almost an audio play and it doesn't even yeah, need uh, doesn't, doesn't need to be. Yeah. 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 It works so well like that and love it. Uh, that was actually I keep I sound like I'm repeating myself at every stage of the process that it got further and further along was like it's just like magical like that yeah, yeah. that's good that's we had good, a yeah could yeah, a couple of uh good stage moves yeah that got us to the next stage and went oh yeah we got something yeah that's been the only downside to some of the festivals that we've had so far in the last few weeks is that um the the best experience we've had on the sound front was when it was in a Dolby Atmos theater and completely surrounded because then you're really in 100% yeah yeah, yeah. But no one has shown it yet, and yeah. no one uh, has even asked about 
uh, um, Atmos. Yeah, we're we're looking. We're it's going to take some while to plan. Or even five point one. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to yeah. we're 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 going to take a while, but we're planning on doing some local showings that are as immersive as possible uh, in that same that same regard. You know, yeah, we'll it's pretty gear up ourselves. Pretty fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, work with that guy again if you if you can. Yeah, <laughs> great job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Hamilton North Bay. based as well. What's that? Is he he's Hamilton based as well? Uh, yourself? He's, he's done a lot of work around yeah. the GTA, but he was in North Bay when we found him. North Bay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I didn't North. know that. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to take a shot the... against North Bay, then I stopped. So <laughs> <laughs> we we had to take, we took a few steps to find him. Uh, you know, there was somebody in town that was Hamilton based that was working on it at first, and he was like, you know what, I've got a better option for you, and he connected us, and then that, that worked out. So Did you guys work virtually then, like the on the phone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's amazing. For, yeah, for a, a lot of it, because uh, as uh, Evan said, it happened in the middle of COVID, so yeah. it was the only way we could work. It was a little tough, but yeah, when once we actually got to his studio, that's when we heard everything. Yep. Yeah, it's terrific. All right, guys, uh, congratulations on the film. I hope it serves you guys well. And like you said, yeah, it probably needs that kind of super uh, nice, nice cinema kind of uh, experience mm -hmm. with the sound design. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. So well, thank you. Thanks thank for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. And yeah. Yeah. So let's talk again when you guys make your next film. Don't make it 30 oh. years. Make it a couple years from now. We, we do not know the next one to take that long. No, that was very difficult. <laughs> but thank you again. It's been been great. Great experience. So good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel. Schlemiel.